From the Los Angeles Times, this is Coronavirus in California, stories from the front lines. I'm Gustavo Arellano. It's Friday, May 8th. Today, the American newspaper industry has suffered for decades, partially due to the loss of advertising brought on by the internet age. But with the rise of coronavirus, it's now in code blue. Papers, including the LA Times, alas, have had to furlough staff and in some cases have even shut down papers in the past month. For alternative weeklies, though, the situation is particularly dire. Their entire business model is predicated on people going out. Well, when you have to shelter in place, that kind of messes up your business model, you know? To talk about these hard times, but also the glimmers of hope, we're joined today by Jimmy Bogle, the editor and owner of the Coachella Valley Independent. Blue Shield of California would like to take this moment to thank the mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, friends, and heroes on the front line. This fight is tough, but so are you. And we're grateful for your courage and your dedication to keeping us all safe and healthy. Thank you. Jimmy, you're running an alt-weekly in the 21st century during coronavirus in California. Why are you still doing this? Because I need serious mental help, um, I guess is the the short answer. The long answer is actually, in terms of print, we're actually an alternative monthly. You know, the reason why I'm still doing this is because I love this. I really don't know what else I would do with my life. I've been a journalist since I graduated from college over 20 years ago, and I love it. And I think there's a demand for it more so than ever before. I mean, the community needs us right now. It needs local journalism. It needs to be telling the stories of this horribly unique time in American history and the world history. I'm sure web traffic for you right now is like gangbusters. Yeah, it went way, way up about a month ago when the stay-at-home orders came down, and it's gone down a little bit, but we're still well above normal. Part of the reason for that is obviously people are dying for news right now. Another reason is we've really, like a lot of other alternative papers around the country, really tried to step up and do more at this time. I started this daily email that I know you get um, that goes to over 4,000 people, and the response has been amazing. You know, we weren't doing that before, but we felt like it was a need that needed to be filled because there's so much misinformation out there and there's so many different venues for information. We really wanted to create a central way so our readers could get good, reliable, vetted information about what's going on both locally and around the country. So you were not monthly. You're basically one person with another writer and then a couple of freelancers trying to cover the Coachella Valley during this time of pandemic. What's your strategy to covering it? Well, fortunately, like most alternative papers, I've got a really great group of freelance writers. You know, I've got my theater reviewers. I've got arts writers. I've got music writers. I've got a beer columnist, a wine columnist, a cocktail columnist. And this is such a pervasive story, for lack of a better word, that that it's affecting all of these fields. And so they're writing about how it's really affecting them. You know, my cocktail columnist did a brilliant column about being laid off and what it was like on that Sunday when they came and shut down all the bars in Palm Springs and, you know, how that's affecting the industry. My music writer, his name is Matt King. He's 18 years old. I've had dozens of music writers over the years, uh, and he's one of the best I've ever had. And he's writing about how this is affecting local music schools and how local musicians are trying to adapt to this time. And so the fact that we've, even though we've got a small staff, I've got this group of about 15 freelancers that are all amazing and know their fields well. And so they're just covering what they know because this is affecting literally everything in our communities. Uh, you're out there, Palm Springs, Indio, Coachella, 
how is it out there for folks right now? It's weird. This is normally what would be the craziest time of year here. This would be the second weekend of Coachella this year. Next week would be Stagecoach. The White Party, which is a big gay circuit party, would be coming up. Uh, the Dina, which is a big lesbian uh, circuit party, would be coming up in conjunction with uh, an LPGA golf tournament. Normally, this is the heaviest time of year in Palm Springs. And instead, Everything's quiet. The streets are relatively deserted. And it's creepy, to be honest with you, that, you know, this is the time of year when we go from about 420,000 people up to over a million people in this valley. And that's not happening. And it's so hard to wrap my head around because it's just, it's creepy. It's weird. It's wrong because this is what's supposed to be the most crazy time of year here. And then you also have retirement communities like Rancho Mirage, Indian Wells, a lot of elderly folks out there. Correct. There are a lot of snowbirds, people who come down from Canada especially, that spend their time here. And most of them have already left because they got afraid back about a month ago when everything started getting weird and there were, you know, talk that they might close the borders. So they left. So all of the business, all of the industry, the tourism industry, which is the biggest chunk of change for the Coachella Valley economy, it's all gone right now. Everyone's left. And so it's the locals here trying to get by and just, it's unbelievably weird. This LA Times podcast is presented by Blue Shield of California. The fight is tough, but so are you. Thank you, Frontline. This advertiser has no influence over editorial decisions or content. Jimmy, you're from an industry, the alt-weeklies, obviously you're not monthly now, where you're in many ways, you folks have been the canary in the coal mines. The, you know, when Facebook and Craigslist started taking out all those classified ads, it was alt-weeklies who got hit first. In with coronavirus, the first papers to start laying off staffs en masse and or shutting down was the alt-weeklies. Now it's spreading around to other newspapers. What do you see as the future for news? First of all, I'm going to talk about the negative part. The negative part is this is going to kill off a lot of newspapers, or it's going to make a lot of newspapers go down in frequency with smaller staffs. You know, there's a lot of papers with the name weekly in them around the country that are no longer weekly right now. They're either publishing every other week, or they've suspended print publication, or, you know, they're just doing less right now because all of our advertising is gone. You know, Alt Weekly is the main advertising for them is restaurants and events and concerts. And that's all gone. The only thing we've really got left is marijuana, because fortunately, that's an essential business in California. But it's really hurt us. And I think that, you know, a lot of these papers are going to go away. You know, this is devastating. And there's no two ways about that. The small bit of good news I can say is this is really forcing a lot of us to innovate and figure out how to do even more with less and come up with different projects and come up with different ways to engage our communities. We're actually, of all things, doing a coloring book project um, that we actually modeled after something that Chicago Reader and the Pitch in Kansas City did, where we asked local artists to 
give us coloring book style art. And we joined up with a, a local arts organization that is actually using their 3D printers to make um, PPE equipment for the hospitals. And so we're doing a profit split. One third will go to the independent, one third will go to this arts organization, the Create Center for the Arts, and the third will go to the participating artists. We fleshed it out by turning some photos from the independent archives into um, color book styling art. And we're actually going to be starting to sell that um, actually later today. That's a way to engage our local artistic community, and it's a way to bring an extra income. And, you know, that's just one little goofy example of ways that we're trying to innovate. And I think that some of these ideas that we come up with in this really horrible time, I think will actually benefit those of us that survive down the line. And not only that, you're a free monthly. Now you're online. You're asking people for donations as well. We've always had a membership program that we kind of ignored and just kind of kept in the, you know, on the back burner there. And, you know, when all of a sudden in literally one week in middle in the middle of March, all of our advertising goes away, or at least 80% of it, you know, we started putting out a call for donations and we've received um, close to $4,000 in reader donations. And I use the word donations loosely because we are a, at least technically a for-profit company, so they aren't tax deductible or anything. But these are readers that have stepped up and helped contribute to us and help keep us going. You're one of those, Gustavo. Thank you very much for that. And um, a lot of papers are doing that. And it's really gratifying to have readers that you've never heard from before send 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks. And that's really helping keep the lights on at a time when we need it. But to be frank, it's not replacing the 80% of the ad revenue that all of a sudden went away and that's going to be away for quite some time. You know, not only during the shutdown, but we're now in the midst of a horrible, horrible recession. And one of the first things businesses do in tough times is cut their advertising. So it's going to be a long haul. And I think, you know, some of us will make it, but a lot of a lot of publications won't. And that's only going to hurt the communities that these publications cover because there are going to be fewer journalists on the ground doing what we do, and that's never good. Yeah, and advertising, of course, I say even the Los Angeles Times, a loss in revenue. We've been going through our own issues. But one, one thing that we find interesting, at least uh, my fellow reporters, you're hearing now people more than ever before saying, like, thank you. Thank you for reporting the news. You know, us journalists, we're always telling people we're important. We're important. Technically, we're essential workers, but we rarely get people saying, hey, good job or whatever. But are you seeing that as well? Are you seeing more people like just expressing gratitude for doing your job, for existing? I've gotten so many positive comments, um, especially since over a month ago when we started the Daily Digest here at The Independent. But it's not only readers, it's actually industry and it's government. You know, I know that the governor of Nevada thanked journalists in one of his daily um, press conferences a while back. Facebook and Google, which have not exactly been the best friends to newspapers, have started programs that every newspaper in the world has applied for, it seems like, to, you know, help benefit newspapers. We got a $5,000 grant from Facebook. And there's talk of in, you know, one of the next rounds of stimulus funds actually funding journalism. And that creeps me out a little bit, having the government fund journalism. But that's something that never would have been discussed before this. So it's really weird you know, catch 22. Every segment of society um, seems like they're appreciating local journalism more, yet this is an existential threat to us because all of our revenue's gone away. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If people care so much about local news, then what can they do? Yourself as not just a writer, but an editor and also as a publisher, what can the public do to support local news? 
First of all, subscribe. Get the Los Angeles Times delivered or e-edition. You know, go to the free publications like the Coachella Valley Independent and become a supporter. Pretty much every publication out there, I believe, these days, if they don't already, they soon will have a membership program where you can go and support them. Not only that, go into their advertisers and say, you know, the, the ones that are left and say, hey, I saw your ad in the LA Times, in the Coachella Valley Independent, in the Monterey County Weekly, whatever it is. And, you know, do everything you can to support them and gift them money if you can afford it. You know, if you can't afford it, that's completely understandable because times are tough right now. And also keep that up. This can't be something you do for two or three months while we're in lockdown and while we're in the period of time before things start getting better, hopefully. This needs to continue because journalism, both dailies and weeklies and monthlies, we were all having fairly tough times before this started. And this is only making it much, much, much worse. So this support needs to keep up well beyond the pandemic and the stay-at-home orders and this couple months to a couple years of hell that we have to go through. This support needs to last. Otherwise, we're not going to last. That's it for today's episode of Coronavirus in California, Stories from the Front Lines. Thanks for listening. Do you have a story you want to share with us? Call our hotline at 213-986-5652 and leave us a message. That's 213-986-5652 or email me, gustavo.ariano at latimes.com. This podcast was hosted by me, Gustavo Ariano. Our producers are Paige Heimson and Stan Lee. Our senior producer is Rena Palta and our executive producer is Abby Fentress-Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Keflin, and our original music was composed by Andrew Eaton. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special gracias to Julia Turner, Shelby Grad, Hector Becerra, and Clint Schaff. For the latest coronavirus stories by my LA Times colleagues, including an up-to-the-minute tracker of cases across California, don't forget to visit our website. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the LA Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash support LA Times to subscribe. Stay safe and see you Monday.